We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. A little history repeating over the weekend, deep in the heart of you-know-where. Devers homers off of Verlander. The Red Sox leave the city on a happy high note. Contributions come from everywhere in the lineup and on the mound. The only bummer, the Sox actually lost a couple games before the injection from Dr. Feelgood on Sunday. If you add it up, though, the Red Sox are now 28-25 and after a 4-1 to win over an Astros team they just might see again. A weekend recap and then a look ahead to the homestand. These are the things we do for you right here on Sox Daily. It's your Daily Sox Podcast. It's your Daily Sox Podcast. It's a winning road trip. Four wins, three losses, and four to three. A familiar score with Boston and Houston. Three games in a row in the season series had been exactly that. Then Sunday it was Boston four, Houston only one, thanks to the good version of the Venezuelan Jekyll and Hyde Eduardo Rodriguez. Josh Lewin with you, ready to recap and then look ahead. This was pretty much an exact replica of what happened the weekend before at Fenway. Lose a couple, then salvage one. But this is the most difficult part of the Red Sox schedule we've seen so far. It started Friday night in H-Town, three against the Astros. Now you got three against the Indians, four at Yankee Stadium. Get a little three-game breather in Kansas City before an eight-game homestand against, well, Tampa Bay and the surprisingly above 500 Texas Rangers. There's some good news on Brock Holt. He is back on the team and active now. Nathan Avaldi getting much closer. There was a setback for Dustin Pedroia. He continues to spin his wheels. Doesn't look like he'll be back anytime real soon. But as for what happened in Houston, let's uh, quickly take you through Friday, the first of the two, four, three losses. Jake Marisnik was kind of the dude in this game. He homered early off Chris Sale, and then he made a couple ridiculous defensive plays in center. And this is a guy that could get more chances for playing time now because George Springer is hurt. This guy, Marisnik, who only hit 211 a year ago, had two at-bats in the entire ALCS against the Red Sox last year. Uh, he did nothing wrong this weekend at all, and certainly not in this game. Red Sox did a lot wrong on Friday. Three errors in the first four innings, just not sharp at all. Wade Miley was the beneficiary of that. He gave up only four hits, two runs, and six innings for Houston. Somehow struck out eight. He's not supposed to do that. It's a pitch-to-contact guy, but he won his fourth straight Retired the first 10 Red Sox he faced. He struck out six in that time. He got uh, J.D. Martinez to hit into an inning-ending double play in the fourth with a couple on. Got out of a bases-loaded jam in the fifth by striking out Bradley and getting Chavis on a lineout. Xander Bogarts did have a solo in the sixth. Bradley hit a home run, kind of a stunning home run, off of Ryan Presley. That ended Presley's run of 40 straight games of scoreless work. Christian Vasquez homered off Osuna with two outs in the ninth, but... 
Then the Houston closer struck out Bradley, got his 13th save, 25th consecutive converted save for Roberto Osuna, a franchise record, though he never does pitch very well against the Red Sox for some reason. Did get the save, 4-3 the final, Sale dropping a 1-6, gave up three hits, four runs, only two of those runs were earned, and he struck out five, not some ridiculous total somewhere between 10 and 17, which is what we were getting used to. On Saturday, actually the second time in as many Saturdays that a Red Sox starter didn't make it out of the first inning against the Astros. Weekend before, it was Hector Velasquez who got knocked around. This time it was David Price having the flu, and he lasted all of 15 pitches. And if Alex Cora had to do it over again, probably wouldn't have started him at all. But uh, whatever. You had a very heroic relief effort by Colton Brewer, Travis Lakin, same story. Those guys battling a killer lineup. And those are not exactly 1A and 1B, what you want out there. But they kept it close, and the Red Sox rallied in the ninth. They got it to within a run on a Christian Vasquez two-run single, just fair down the left field line. They had first and third, nobody out. Couldn't get the ball in play after that. And a pretty frustrating way to, to end that. So there were some base running mishaps, some other things that didn't go real crisply in that game. And even though you had the Vasquez 2-RBI single, it was another frustrating 4-3 final. Situational hitting, base running, things that were no problems at all in 2018. Matt Barnes, a a rare misstep. That was not really a thing in 2018 either. Hasn't been in 2019, but uh, he's the guy that gave it up after the rally. It was really about a 20-minute period there where you thought the Red Sox had a shot. If that, they had tied it 3-3, to but then Carlos Correa walk-off single in the bottom of the inning as Barnes just couldn't get anybody out. So that set up Sunday. A couple of 4-3 to losses, and you had a guy who was 4-3 and on the mound for the Sox and Eduardo Rodriguez. And we've talked about Eddie, one of the problems for him, not being able to get out the lefties. They have been 15-42, of couple doubles, five home runs against him coming into this game. And a guy like Josh Reddick, for example, Uh, And in the past, this is a guy that's never done anything against lefties. He's been phenomenal against lefties this year. Best batting average, matter of fact, in the entire American League against lefties. But he went 0 for 4 on this particular day. Brantley, another guy that you were worried about, he went 0 for 4. They held Gurriel to 0 for 4. Correa, only one hit. Overall, four hits for Houston. The Red Sox with a 4-1 to win. And just to unpack that for you, it was Correa who started the scoring for Houston. That was in the first inning, a little single and a shallow left. Thought the, the Sox might have had a play at the plate. They just couldn't quite pull it off. But no matter, Benintendi sack fly in the third off Verlander. Devers then crushed a home run in the fourth off of him. And Verlander, you know, last year in the playoffs, he had said it was a, a cheap home run that he gave up to Devers. Nothing cheap about this one. 423 feet. That broke the tie. Nunez would then score in the fifth inning inning on an error by Gurriel, who looks very out of position at second base. He's just subbing in for Altuve, remember. Nunez then an RBI in the ninth to put it away. A little ground out to second. Got Jackie Bradley Jr. in. So a couple notes on some of the players we just mentioned. Let's talk about Bradley for a second here. He had started the year without a home run his first 38 games. But now it's three home runs in his last six. And you ask, where have we seen this before? Yeah, it was last year, right around this time. He got things moving, and and Houston was part of that. And I I like the fact that Bradley is starting to hit for power the other way. He's mostly a dead pull hitter most of his career. 43% of the time pulls the ball compared to 22% opposite field, if you look deep into the stats. But that home run off of 
Presley, for example, 433 to left center and a no-doubter. So you like what Bradley's providing for now. Betts, obviously, you're fine with him. Last year, he and Mike Trout were the, the top two in OPS. This year, he is way behind Trout, but it's not like he's 300th. He's 38th you know, behind guys like C.J. Cron and Elvis Andrews, which is frustrating. But yeah, he's doing A-minus to B-plus work instead of A-plus work on his exams. We'll, we'll take that. Xander Bogarts. He did not play Sunday, but we got to talk about him anyway. A lot of credit to Xander for what he's done the last three weeks because the Red Sox don't have a, a true backup at short. Nunez has to be the guy. Did a nice job in Bogart's place on Sunday, but you can't do that more than once a week. You've got Holt coming off the injured list, so that's going to help if you need to rest Bogart's at some point. Xander had played every game since May 2nd, and in only one of those did he get even one inning off because of a blowout. So a uh, little tip of the hat to Xander Bogarts. Benintendi, uh, like to have a hat tip here, especially going back to Houston, the site of the, the tumbling, wonderful catch to wrap things up in the ALCS. You've maybe heard this stat, and if you haven't, I, I don't know what to make of it either, but, you know, he's hitting leadoff a lot, right? Or at least second when he's not hitting first. And he's three for 38 now in first innings. Uh, I have no idea what that is, but he's just ketchup out of the bottle for whatever reason here this year. that that At some point, you figure we'll, we'll U-turn for him. Uh, Rafael Devers, quick little uh, nugget or two on him, because since May the 7th, he is fifth in the majors in batting average. He is fifth in on base percentage. He is 10th in runs batted in. Uh, there is nothing wrong with Devers right now. He made a couple of really nice defensive plays on Sunday. We mentioned the home run off of Verlander. So let's just... Uh, Remember that Rafael Devers is still 22, Chavis is 23, and if anybody tells you, well, the Red Sox don't have a lot in the minor leagues, those guys conceivably should be in the minor leagues right now, still developing, and they're not. They're actually a big part of what's going on for a defending World Series championship team. One more positive note. Actually, I'll slip you two here. Steve Pierce is starting to get a little bit done. He's not hitting 120 anymore. He's hitting 175, finally has a home run. Rather talk about Christian Vasquez, and I do this a lot on the podcast because I'm just really intrigued by this turnaround. He had the second worst stats of any qualifying player in the majors a year ago. This year's OPS is 848. Only five major league catchers are better. I, I know Gary Sanchez is going to be one all-star catcher this July. Guy's got 15 home runs and an OPS of like 1,100. So I don't care how many pass balls he ends up with. That will be one of your, your all-star reps. But after that... Who else do you like from the American League? I mean, James McCann of the White Sox, maybe. Omar Narvaez of Seattle. I mean, I guess those guys would be the other candidates. But it's not a real crowded field. And Vasquez's actual batting average right now is right around 300. He did not sniff 200 a year ago. So all of that put out there for you. And the news that Eduardo Rodriguez had a six-inning, four-hit effort, struck out five. All part and parcel to the 4-1 to win on Sunday. Not going to hear from that, Eduardo. That would be a little taxing because the Inglés isn't great. Eduardo Nunez, happy to talk to Mario and Joe after the game, though. So here you go. All right. Uh, Great to have uh, Eduardo Nunez with us today. A day for the Eduardos, huh? Two hits for you and uh, a run scored, one driven in, and Eduardo Rodriguez was brilliant. Yeah, yeah. What's a good day? What's a good day? That's a good wing. Eduardo, I want to ask you about what it's like to face a guy like Justin Verlander. He's got four really above-average major league pitches. What do you do when you go up against a guy like this? I mean, it's not like you can eliminate some pitches and look for others. 
How do you approach a guy like Verlander? Yeah, yeah. He he very tough. He very attack the hitting. He tried to nibble him a couple times. Uh, don't try to do too much. He's very detailed what he's doing over there. And just just fire, just fire. And the pitcher we, we, we're going to face in the playoff. So that's good to see him now in May. Well, you really cracked that double hard. Were you looking for a fastball in that situation? Yeah, 2-0, two 2-0 all, two all count. You know, he's better fastball hitting, fastball pitcher. So I will try to attack. Eddie, you had a couple of hits, a double and a single, but really that at bat in the ninth inning just as important, putting the ball in play. you got a runner at third base. What's the mindset at that point, just trying to get the ball in play and get that fourth run in? For sure, for sure. You know, I know Jackie is he's fast running. Everything that I'm going to hit him, he's going to score. So make sure I put the ball in play. And what about Eduardo Rodriguez today? I mean, he goes up against Verlander and... Uh, after he gave up a run in the first, he shut them down. They didn't have a hit after the third. What he made was, him so good? He was really good. He attacked them today. He commands a lot of good pitching. The changer, the quarter, backdoor, the fastball. He he was very secure there. Eduardo, well, one more for me. This is a really big series for you guys. I know it's not even June yet, but you lost a couple of one-run games. David Price had to leave the game early last night, and you come back for a day game today. This could have been a sweep, but you guys showed some moxie today in getting a win. How important was it for you to show Houston that you guys are still here? You know, we know it's going to be a, a dogfight to the end. We know how good they are, and we know what we can do, and what kind of team they where we are right now. And it's hard to sweep off, and we just try to fight. Try to fight, and we know they're going to play hard. Uh, we're going to play good defense, be simple, and just play good. How'd you like going back to your starting position at shortstop, your natural position today? You played well. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I, I don't play for my last game, I think, was 2017. You know, almost two years, I don't play there for my, my knee, my knee injury. But now I'm, I, I feel good, my knee's good, and that was, that was fun to be back there. Eduardo, thank you so much. Congratulations. Always great to talk to you. Thank you very much. That's Eduardo Nunez, and he is playing for his life right now. He's hitting 205. He's finally nudged up above 200. Couple of hits in two straight games now. And, you know, he's never going to be a gold glover wherever you put him. I understand that. But he's supposed to be a utility guy, a guy that will go out there in a pinch and get something done. Last couple times that the Red Sox have leaned on him, he has absolutely done that. Here comes Brock Holt to be the left-handed version of that. And until Pedroia is healthy, you really don't have to necessarily make a move. At some point, you do. But Nunez is going to have to keep his toenails up above that 200 mark. And at least this is a start. He's at 205 right now. Alex Cora talking to the media after the game. Wanted to talk about the other Eduardo, Mr. Rodriguez. Alex, what's the biggest difference you saw from Eduardo given the start that he had on Tuesday as opposed to here on Sunday afternoon? Um, a lot of work in between starts, uh, a lot of conversations. Uh, you know, he, he did an outstanding job. He, he did. Uh, we needed him to go uh, deep in the game. You know, he gave us six. Uh, good stuff. You know, his four-seamer was good. His changer was good. And uh, very happy that he, he went out there and competed that way against, uh, you know, probably the best pitcher in the big list right now. I mean, just, I mean, it's, he's great, man. He's been doing well, and, uh, you know, that, that he put a great swing on, on, on JV. Like I say, it was going to be a challenge. 
because uh, he keeps attacking him in certain spots. Everybody knows where he's going, so I don't have to like kind of like hide it, you know. And uh, he made some adjustments. Uh, <clears throat> I hit the homer, but you know probably he's not pleased. He had second and third, less than two outs, and he hit a pop up. So that that's a cool thing about it right now. You know, he's taking ownership. He's er- he's understanding what he means to our lineup, and uh, you know he's gonna keep getting better. Alex, after these first two games, how impressed were you with what you guys were able to do with Verlander? We, we, we had a good game plan going. Uh, you know, and we, we put some pressure. We, we ran today. We ran the bases well. Uh, I don't know how many strikeouts, but we, we made a conscious effort of uh, fouling off pitches and get that pitch count up, you know. Um, you know he, like I said, he's the best pitcher in the big list right now, and uh, it's not easy to to face him. Uh, you know, it seems like every day, every 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 outing is a different guy out there, you know, four seamers and the slider and the curveball. He threw ch- back-to-back changeups to Christian. I know how he prepares. I know how he goes about his business, you know, and, uh, you know, he he works, you know, and he gets ready, but um, we did a good job today. Um, I think, uh, you know, although he went seventh, uh, we, we accomplished what we wanted, make him uncomfortable on the mound, and, uh, you know, we ended up playing, you know, we, we ended up winning the game, and now we go home. Six times in ten days against these guys. What's your overall assessment of how we play them? I mean, you, you see the scores, so you know. I, I know it's early. I know where they at. I know where we at. But you know, we we just match up. You know, both we match up well with them. They match up well with us. Uh, there's no secrets, as you guys know. Uh, it's about uh, execution. You know, there were certain days that we didn't execute it. Uh, today, you know, Yuli makes the error at second. We take advantage of that. So we're we're pretty even. You know, we know that. It's just a matter of. Uh, you know, hopefully, hopefully, I visit some friends in October here. Uh, it seems like, you know, uh, that's obviously that's a goal. Everybody talks about all the teams, but there's a lot of good teams playing good baseball right now. So we just have to concentrate in Cleveland now, and we, we got a three-game series and and do our job. Do you look at Houston as a measuring stick at all? No, I don't. I don't. No, no, no. no. If I say that, then they got bragging rights. <laughs> after uh, after yesterday, for Barnes to come back out. And yeah, that was good. Uh, you know, we we've been talking about this uh, usage and and whatever they call it. Uh, I don't know, whatever they call that that his role. But uh, you know, people get caught up on this whole closing thing and and using the guy in the high high level situation. But I mean, he needs to face some guys that you know they're not the three, four, five all the time. You know, it's a grind for him, and uh, we got to make sure you know that the other guys do the same thing. You know, you saw Waldy today. You know, he goes up there against. Uh, three big hitters. He got the save, but uh, we got to take care of him too because uh, you know facing three, four, five every day, uh, it's not gonna, it's not gonna, it's not gonna help him out. So we'll take care of him. We keep his stuff the way it should be, and he's gonna be fine. You've had now like five guys with at least one save. Is that sort of what you envision? Coming yeah, uh, I mean, like I said, it's it's all because of Barnes. You know, he can do. The, the cool stuff, pitching in the eighth and, and in the ninth against the heart of the order. But I think we, we got some guys that are stepping up, and uh, he's going to help us, you know, to take care of him because uh, these are very important guys for us. And, uh, you know, we, like I said, you know, his stuff has to be on top, you know, and uh, we'll take care of him. All right, thanks to the manager. Now we can go ahead and look ahead to Cleveland coming in. It is a 4:05 game at Fenway on Memorial Day. Cleveland's just 26-26. They were supposedly going to run away with the AL Central. In fact, they are buried way behind Minnesota in the Central. Cleveland has scored 198 runs. That's about 110 less than Minnesota. Only the Marlins and Giants have a lower team OPS. Cleveland has somehow made it to Memorial Day weekend without a single triple, which is really amazing. Red Sox only have two, by the way, so it's not like they can point and laugh, but... 
Kansas City has 22 triples. Colorado has 20. Cleveland has zero, which speaks to both their lack of uh, power and athleticism. Cleveland's team batting average, 220. Yikes. And the pitching matchup Monday, uh, probably not exactly what they wanted. It's Jeffrey Rodriguez having a sub in. Rick Porcello going for Boston as Terry Francona comes back. Nice to have him back as always. Porcello's ERA right now, it's about 4.4. And although it seems like that's kind of a C-minus season for him, his career ERA is actually right around 4.3. So this is kind of par for the course here. Rick was very good last time out in Houston. He's trying to keep the Indians down around 500. In a year, they, they really thought they'd win their division pretty easily. And as we mentioned, it's just not happening. Of course, the Red Sox can relate. The no-name Yankees continue to do what they're doing. They're going to have to be caught and passed at some point. Same for Tampa Bay. Yankees, by the way, went to 10 innings before losing to Kansas City, uh, although they made that game interesting on Sunday. Three in the ninth to tie it up. But Kansas City, thank you very little, actually got a run in off Jonathan Holder to take that 1-8-7. to seven. So as you look at the standings now up to date, Red Sox six and a half games out. They are four and a half behind Tampa Bay. The Rays are starting to list just a little bit at least. And the Yankees, who are only going to get healthier, they're the, the top dog right now at 34 and 18, Boston at 28 and 25. So there you have it. A little bit of what happened over the weekend, a little bit of what might happen coming up. Three against the Indians. It's a very brief homestand. They go right back out on the road, take on those Yankees Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Okay, that'll do it. Josh Lewin signing off. The name of the podcast, Sox Daily. Please go ahead and give us a nice little recap review type thing on iTunes, if you wouldn't mind. Those are always appreciated. And uh, tell your friends, tell your neighbors, tell your pets. Tell uh, We really have no investment here as to who you tell. We we just want to pump the numbers up. So drop some leaflets, whatever you feel like you need to do. We are super appreciative. And we'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye-bye. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 